0: You're listening to The C-Dub Show. Visit us on the Say Something Nice podcast network at ssnpodcast.com. Follow us at The C-Dub Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Acast. And now, on to our show. out of gas so what are we going to do now I'm sorry I didn't believe you can I
1: ask you something what you know I like you don't you yes and I hope you like me the way I like you yes I was wondering if you would be my girl
2: I have something I want to tell
1: you. Yes, Michael.
2: I'm not like other guys.
0: Of course not. That's why I love you. No, I mean I'm different.
1: What are you talking about?
3: blood what's it say see
0: you next Wednesday it's only a movie it's not funny you was were scared weren't you I wasn't that scared I'm scared.
4: welcome welcome everyone everyone it is a new edition of the c-dub show and if you haven't figured it out yet this is the hollywood not hollywood halloween edition but it's not just any halloween edition because this is the c-dub show it is the black halloween edition Woo! I really, really, really need to get like an applause um, sound clip so that people can sound like it's applauding. I don't know. So anyway, it is Halloween in just two days. We are recording this live on Monday, which we never record on a Monday, but we are recording this live on Monday, October the 29th in the 2018th year of our Lord. And I have with us on the line, Courtney and maybe Caleb. Courtney, are you there? And can you say hi to the people?
0: Hi, peoples.
4: Oh, now you want to code switch and sound all nice and sweet, huh? (laughs) Don't do that. Happy (laughs) pre-Halloween.
0: All Hallows Eve.
4: Well, Courtney, you are a mother. Are you excited that Halloween is here? Is it your favorite day of the year? Absolutely not. Um, That would be (laughs) my
0: birthday and Uh, then Caleb's birthday and then Christmas. And then all the other holidays are are cool, too. But I am excited about Halloween this year specifically because I made the mistake of buying Caleb's costume in front of him. And he has (laughs) been asking me since September 27th, can he wear his cowboy costume? And it has been stressing me out. He's a little bit more aware of time this year. So he's like, is it Halloween yet? Is it Halloween now? He was thinking initially that just when it gets dark during the day, <laughs> Halloween just <laughs> begins at night. And it's every night is Halloween. And Ooh. I've had to explain to him for a month now that Halloween just doesn't start because it's dark. Um, then he kept asking, can we go to Halloween? So he was under the assumption that Halloween was a place we attend and i also had to explain halloween is just a day that happens so he is now aware that we have one more day to get through and then it can be halloween and he can wear his cowboy costume and then he can wear that costume until uh he tears the feet out because uh i don't care but um yes it's it's been a long day
4: well, some of you may remember last year, and I don't remember when it was, but it was sometime after Halloween when we recorded this nice, great show, and then Courtney turned around and Caleb had put his Spider-Man costume back on. <laughs> oh my goodness, kids in their Halloween costumes, I guess. Well, folks, we do not have B. Willis on the line. Um, uh, Apparently, she's studying for something. I don't know what it is. I should be studying for the CSET as well, but I'm not. So, there, you know, then there's that. What um, is
0: that? Is that some teacher, uh, some teacher professional development? It is
4: that? the teacher test that you're supposed to take before you become a teacher. Before, but but then how? So are y'all illegally teachers right now? No, nope. but I have been a teacher for almost three years, so. But then, how are you a teacher if you ain't took the test? Because they have like a, they have like these emergency credentials and stuff. But I've run out do of my emergency school,
0: credentials. Do I need to call the school
4: board? Please don't call the school board. You'll make them scared. <laughs> <laughs> do I need to put in a, uh, uh, a,
0: a what? I need to put in a, a, an anonymous
4: tip. <laughs> no, please don't. The they already nervous. They be nervous every day. Please don't. Don't do that. And listeners, don't please don't you do that either. I need to get through December. I, I'm in my program like I'm becoming a credential teacher It's getting on my nerves but I'm in there I'm hanging in like when I be having to take the classroom management and you know all the little nice sweet white teachers be trying to ask all these questions and I be like I don't understand what the problem is you just let tell the kid Tony just to Thurman. be quiet and they be quiet Let's, let me get Tony
0: Thurman on the phone I'm not liking how this is sounding right
4: now <laughs> <laughs> I'm I I'm, gonna I'm, I'm, I'm I'm get Tony on the phone because I, I Today, I'm one of the teachers Today, one of the teachers asked me about a student, like, you know, how she doing? I said, she tried to get a little attitude with me today. So, you know, I had to go let her sit in another teacher's uh, room. You know, I asked her three times to be quiet. And then she kept talking. And then she tried to look at, she tried to eyeball me. And, you know, black folks, we know what that means when you try to eyeball your mama or something. She tried to eyeball me. So I eyeballed and neck rolled right back at her until she turned around. And then I said, yeah, turn around. And then please I end up having to be nucking and
0: gonna be knocking and bucking with the students. Can't.
4: Hey, Let's... that's how I keep my that's how I keep my classroom management together. I just give them the black mama look and it'll be all right most times, not all the time. All right, people. So, it is the Black Halloween edition and what is Black Halloween, you say? Well, I mean, we black folks, we got shit that we do. When we have our Halloween. So we're going to talk about some of those things. The first, of course, I mean, if you are my friend or if you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you know that I love and adore Michael Jackson and that I am still extremely hurt and broken that he passed away. And, honestly, as you saw at the beginning of the show, we did play Thriller. Thriller is like the Black Halloween anthem. Well, now these days, it's to everybody. I mean, it'd be in the Party City commercials and shit. It's the everybody, Halloween anthem. But, like, you know, back when it came out in 19... What was that? 19... I never got it right. 1983. That was 19- back when when MTV barely was playing Black people. They only played him. And we are gonna get into the history of how Thriller itself got on MTV. But, you know, it's that's that's our shit. And, really... This was the first time prepping for this show was the first time I have watched all 13 minutes of Thriller since Michael Jackson died. And I really did almost cry. Several times. Say ah again so I feel better. Thank you. This really was really traumatic. Now, interestingly enough, today we had a little bit of extra time at the end of my class and I played Thriller for the kids. You know, them kids have never seen all 13 minutes of Thriller
0: why would they they were born in like 2001 but
4: it's thriller
0: but ain't nobody they just know the song they not they
4: do only know the song and they still haven't seen all 13 minutes because we ran out of time because it was too long so (laughs) but for us michael jackson aficionados we know all the history of thriller but for those of you that are not the history of Thriller goes like this: In 1982, or was it 83? I think it started before 80, before 82. In 83, yes. In 83, Thriller, the album itself had already peaked. It already had two number one um, songs and two t- videos that were in heavily in rotation on MTV. Those two videos were "Beat It" and "Billie Jean," of course.
0: You wanted to
4: walk up? Some- We've uh, they had already had the landmark um performance of billy jean on the motown 25 special which as we noted a few episodes ago that was the first time michael jackson did the moonwalk so he it had already been cemented in history um but they felt that it could go a little bit ways further the record label didn't but michael jackson and his his managers and everything did so one of his managers um suggested to him that he put out another album or put out another video His manager, Frank Delio, suggested making a third music video to the title song, Thriller. And he told him because of the content of the song, it was very easy. Just make it scary and dance and you got you a a video. But Michael Jackson, being the dreamer that he is, had just seen the movie An American Werewolf in London. And he decided to contact John Landis that if he was going to make a scary music video, he was going to make a scary music video. So John Landis at that time... Movie directors did not direct videos. And I can't even say it's like today because I don't even think people have put out videos. In my time, back in the olden days of the 90s, we had lots of videos. But in 83, movie directors did not direct music videos. So they put together this 13-minute film instead of a music video. They put together a short film that could be played in a movie theater, say, as a trailer of such. Um, The only problem was that the record company had no interest in making a third music video and would not give them any money for Thriller, which to you probably think, well, Michael Jackson, you just pay for it. Well, he didn't have, I mean, he had money, but he didn't have his money yet. He hadn't become the superstar he became just yet. So in order to finance it, what they did was was basically sell all the rights. MTV paid 250,000 for the rights to show the movie and the documentary. If you've never seen the Making a Thriller, please go on YouTube and watch the Making a Thriller. It's It's awesome. Um, and then Showtime paid $300,000 for the rights to play it on cable. Cause that was back in the day when cable, like Showtime and, and HBO were different than MTV. So they paid 300,000 and then Vestron Music Video paid 500,000 to market the VHS video. Um, and the total budget of the film itself was $500,000. Uh, It has gone on to become a cult classic. Yeah, it has gone on to become a cult classic, not just for the film itself. Some other things that people don't know about the video that I was telling my students, they didn't care. One of the big concepts in Thriller that people get focused on the dancing, but one of the big concepts was that they wanted to show Michael Jackson interacting with other people. Because remember, Michael Jackson been a superstar since he was 10 years old. Nobody had ever seen him interact with just regular ass people. So that's why they have the scene with him walking down the street with the girl because it's supposed to be, well, what does Michael Jackson do on a date? Well, what does Michael Jackson do when he talks to a girl? So that was what brought in that concept. But they brought in the legendary, um, the legendary, where am I going to? The legendary choreographer. Jeez, it's already slipped my mind. See what I'm talking about? I can't think that's of the choreographer. I, that's right. I, I know all the history of thriller because I'm old. And you're not going to take that away from me. But they brought in, like, there had to be about, I think there was about 60 dancers. It looks like there's only about 10 of them, but there's actually 60 because they had... Um, They had regular traditional dancers. They had break dancers. Michael Jackson wanted to make sure that they had break dancers. So a lot of the scenes where you see them coming out of the ground and see them doing kind of more acrobatic type stuff. Those were all the break dancers. Um, It was really a production and it was the first one to ever do that. And once they actually put out that video, that was what actually shot um, Thriller the album into all the way into the stratosphere. And there is actually, I didn't think that there were actually box office numbers, but there are. The the film took paid took 500,000 to make and it made sold 9 million units at the box office. That's interesting. So anyway, yeah, you can't do black halloween without thriller. So, I mean, you knew me, you knew that I was going to make that today's theme song. So, Before we get into some more Black Halloween stuff, Courtney, it's nasty gumbo season. What is, if you can describe the horror, what is the nastiest gumbo that you've seen so far? Yo, it was like
0: somebody's gumbo. First of all, the broth roux was green. So that's like, on top, like a firm nah. And then they were cooking the rice with the gumbo, which is just all the way wrong. I'm not going to sit up here and and lie and act like, oh, I am I know how to make gumbo. I'm not like the biggest fan of gumbo. I like it in general when it's cooked properly. And I know what it's supposed to look and taste like. And that it was it was a, it was a firm no. Um, I had never seen, or I did not understand why the rice was getting cooked with the gumbo. It also had big, like, you know, some people put links in theirs. It was like, they had some other type of looking sausages, like not hot links, but maybe bratwurst that were also being like boiled. It, It was nasty looking. It was really, it was really bad. And I'm like, I don't understand.
4: First of all, it was green. So, you know, I'm about to throw some real shade at Mississippi, folks. I'm going to tell you why it's probably green, where they went wrong. It was two places where they could have went wrong. Either they put hella celery in it. That's number one. But where the shade to Mississippi people come, you know, I'm from Louisiana. I just want y'all to know. The shade to Mississippi people, they put okra in their gumbo. I can't stand okra in no gumbo. And I love okra. I can't stand it in gumbo, though. Ooh, green gumbo. I've seen some nasty gumbos already so far. Usually, you know, for those of you who don't know, when we call it nasty gumbo season, gumbo season is a real thing. You know, usually when it starts to get colder, people start making gumbo, and then you have folks who make gumbo for for Christmas or gumbo for New Year's. So gumbo season is a thing. Nasty gumbo is all these people that get up there putting these pictures and videos thinking that they really doing something just cuz they didn't threw some 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 seafood and stuff in a pot and some water and that they making gumbo. I didn't and usually the nastiest gumbos are the ones that are pale as fuck looking like um y'all about to eat that, y'all about to catch all the salmonellas. The one that I just saw that shit was raw. No. That no. shit was fucking raw. The tails were mm-hmm. still on the shrimp. The heads were still on the shrimp. Okay? I don't want no shrimp no, heads looking at me. Lemons. Okay, I'm gonna explain why there were lemons. lemons. I'm gonna explain this. And I don't like the I don't want I don't like explaining it because when you when you explain it, then what you say it, it makes it look like that person is just stupid and don't know what they're cooking. And they wasn't. What it looks like what they were calling gumbo was actually a seafood boil. Now in a seafood boil, you do put shrimp, sausage, yeah, yeah. and potatoes and lemon. You do put that in there. And your and your seafood boil, your Zatarans or whatever seafood boil. But number one, the fact that he calling it gumbo and it's not so you and he sounded like he was from Louisiana. I'm about to make this Louisiana sweet. No, he sounded like he was from Louisiana. But the fact that you still got the head the head and the tail oh still God, on
0: stay out the
4: kitchen that's what i was gonna tell him to stay out the kitchen (laughs) so it had and it was just all pale it was all pale at least if you're gonna cook it like wait till it's cooked down so it don't look like just pink shit swimming around with with pink sausages Uh uh, that shit was nasty and i'm sure that if willis was here she would have a nice nasty gumbo to discuss as well we miss you willis you need to stop studying and come talk to I us i don't know like just give up <laughs> wait don't wait you make it sound petty now and it's not that petty just give up well she shouldn't give up i just want to know what she's Kayla, studying what?
0: what? okay well then come on stay Hi, out my refrigerator close it
4: this actually sounds like black halloween at my family's house <laughs>
0: <laughs> stay out of my refrigerator. Because we yes. Beca- oh,
4: because we all get together you know at they my they auntie's like- house and go trick or treating, and oh, they stay boy, home and wine. and drink wine and order pizza, and so yeah, that sounds like Halloween at my aunt's house. All right, so let's get into more some more Black Halloween stuff. Um, uh, one thing that does not get a lot of shine out there in the world is Black, unless you are a fan of them, Black horror movies. So we are going to talk about some black yeah. horror films. First, I got to ask Courtney because I know Courtney is scary. Courtney, is it okay if we discuss black horror movies and you won't don't get scared? Be,
0: don't don't be like don't don't be like that. Like you're gonna be scared. Okay, I'm gonna get you a biscuit. Um, leave it. Do not touch it.
4: No, um, there's we do not advocate spanking kids on the C W show. I do in secret I though. I didn't spank them. I just.
0: That was I advocate my, for it in secret That was me gritting my teeth <laughs> That's all
4: Now Courtney wait, may a- we talk about scary horror movies
0: Yes you can talk about
4: The Devil's Playground I suppose Ooh! The Devil's Playground Okay alright So I'm just gonna go through some of my favorite Black horror films And yeah Because if you don't know black horror Then I don't know what my favorite, so my favorite black horror franchise is the Blackula flan- franchise. A lot of people don't know about Blackula. I don't know how you cannot not know Blackula. Everybody needs to know Blackula. Um, but Blackula is basically, just like most things in during 70s exploitation. it is the black version of Dracula. So the basic, but there is actually... There is actually a kind of a racial tone and a very good story that actually goes with the story of Blackula. Okay, what's the question? You said you had a question. No, I didn't. What do you say you got a fist? All right. So here's the story of Blackula. Blackula. Um, was a film about an African prince named Mama Walde who is turned into a vampire by Count Dracula. And when he goes to Transylvania to ask Count Dracula to stop sucking black people's blood, like suck everybody else's blood. You can suck suck white people's blood, but please stop coming to Africa and sucking our blood. But instead of doing that, you know, as white folks will do. Instead of doing that, he just went and sucked Mama Walde's blood and turned him into a uh, into a vampire. So two centuries later, in the year nineteen seventy two, some some gay designers buy Blackula's coffin at a some kind of I don't know auction thing. You know how folks do. And of course, what happens? They take the the coffin home and then. Mama Wade comes back as Blackula and of course turns them into vampires. Here's a little bit from Blackula. Or maybe it's not. Oh, there it is. <laughs>
2: I've never before had the opportunity of entertaining, um, uh, from the, uh, dark continent. I hope the reception was not boring, boring. Oh, No, I, no, no. Quite the contrary, Count The evening has been a splendid one, And we found your guest to be most impressive. <laughs> I like, in particular, your Dr. Duvalier. It was you who impressed him. Mamouwalde is the crystallization of our people's pride. My Luba, she does me too much credit. But notwithstanding, my people are eager to bring our ancient culture into the community of nations. That may take a good deal of time. It will at least be time well spent, as opposed to an exchange of banalities with uh, pseudo intellectuals and dilettantes. Charming. What with dignitaries of your stature, lending the weight of your statesmanship to the fulfillment of our objectives, I believe you. we will succeed. Goodbye. <laughs> to totally cease the slave trade? Oh, yeah,
4: that's right. He also asked him to cease the slave really trade. So merit, it was a lot of important stuff in this, merit? at least the first one.
2: You find merit in barbarity? Barbarous from the standpoint of a slave, perhaps. Intriguing and delightful for mine. I would willingly pay for so beautiful an addition to my household as your delicious wife. Sir,
4: are you ill? Then he started fucking oh. with his wife.
2: meant no insult, Prince. It is a compliment for a man of my station to look with desire on one of your color. Sir, I certainly find your cognac as distasteful as your manner. You're behaving like some animal. Really? Really. Let us not forget, sir. It is you who comes from the jungle. Our evening is finished. I pray you arouse your coffin. We are leaving. I do not think
1: so. How dare you! Let
0: me go!
4: All he had to do was stop the slavery. (gasps) (laughs)
1: I don't know.
2: You shall pay, black prince I shall place a curse of suffering on you That will doom you to a living hell A hunger A wild, gnawing, animal hunger will grow in you A hunger for human blood Here you will starve for an eternity torn by an unquenchable lust. I curse you with my name. You shall be Blackula, a vampire, like myself, a living fiend. You will be doomed never to know that sweet blood which will become your only
4: So that was Blackula. My favorite is actually Scream, Blackula Scream with Pam Greer, but that's a whole wow. nother movie with a whole other thing. So that was one of the first black horror movies. The next one, which one, Courtney, you can watch this next one. Are you there? You can watch the next one.
0: What's the next one?
4: So the next one is called J.D.'s Revenge, right? It's another one from 1976. It's about this man played by Glenn Turman you know Colonel Taylor from the, from a different world but he goes to a show to get hypnotized and he ends up getting possessed by the spirit of a pimp and the pimp is trying to get revenge <laughs> so wait here is just a little bit from JD's JD's revenge and this is this is when the pimp starts to come out of this otherwise very nice guy.
1: Ike, I was so worried
4: about you. And his name is Ike, by the way.
1: <laughs> you're drunk. Why? I called up the garage. Nobody
4: knew where you were. I don't know. I thought you had an accident or something. You could have called to let me know you're okay. Yes.
3: H! H! Quit laughing the the goddamn
4: girl. Stop! <laughs> what the hell is the matter with you? Are you crazy?
3: But dare you talk to me like I'm some kind of common, sissy-fied nigga wimp.
4: What is
1: this shit anyway? Don't no, nobody
3: what? talk to me like that, especially no bitch-hole like you. Hey, teach you to fuck with me. You I ought to put you on the goddamn That's street.
1: Crazy. You're
2: crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Teach you to fuck with me.
4: Get <laughs> So that was JD's revenge. He spends the whole movie possessed by a pimp and going around slapping bitches and having sex until he finds the preacher who he needs to get revenge on and he goes out and he kills him. And then he's not possessed no more. The end. That sounds terrible. (laughs) I mean, it was 1976. I mean, come on. Now, one thing that they all had in common, which does become a common theme, since these are black-centered films, voodoo and stuff becomes a common theme in all all of these black horror films. There's really so many. Like, I'm a big fan of black horror, but I found this interesting site. That, um, what is the name of it? It's called, I can't find it right now. Oh, it's called BlackHorrorMovies.com, which has way more, um, black horror films. But now we're going to move into your era, you know, things that you know. Now I'm going to warn you and I'm going to warn everybody else. Before I prep for this show, or when I prep for this show, I was queuing up all these clips and after I queued them up, child, last night I was scared to go to sleep. So y'all, I got to listen to them again. Y'all pray my strength. I'm pray that, you you know, that we all survive. This next one, Courtney, you probably have seen, even though you don't like horror movies. It is the 1992 tour de force film, Candyman. Oh God. So here's a little bit from everybody. I mean, I'm scared to play it because, you know, you ain't supposed to say Candyman five times. But you didn't say it too many times already.
0: You, how many you times have I said it?
4: Say it? I said three times. Okay. I won't say it no more. Well, before I play the clip, just a little Swash. bit for those of you who don't know what Candyman what is. Have. Candyman was a 1992 American slasher film yeah. um, produced by, by Clive Barker. The film scenario is switched to Liverpool, England in a public housing development on Chicago's North side. And the plot is basically, it's about H- Helen, a graduate student who is researching urban legends. In, ni- in the 90s, they were all the scary movies was about urban legends. Um, She hears a story about the Candyman. The legend claims that the Candyman can be summoned by saying his name five times while facing a mirror. See, so I, I won't let nothing happen. I'm not facing a mirror. Whereupon he will kill the summoner with a hook jammed in the bloody stump of his right arms. She encounters two cleaning ladies who tell her about Ruthie Jean, a resident in the Cabrini Green Housing Project, so it's just like the hood is like aside from the possessed pimp, who claim they were killed by Candyman. Helen research turns up twenty five other murders in the similar area in the area similar to Ruthie Jean's. Later that evening, Helen and her friend are skeptical of Candyman's existence and they call his name into a mirror in Helen's bathroom and nothing happens. And well, this is what happens after that.
1: Have you ever heard of Candyman? if you look in the mirror you say his name five times.
3: In cities everywhere, Candyman, they whisper his
1: name.
4: Uh Uh-oh. Oh, come on! YouTube <laughs> Sorry listening. You here, Mr. Bit
1: of
3: name. His name. Alright. Yeah.
0: Candyman. It's
3: just a story. Candyman. 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 Just a ghost story.
1: Candyman.
3: Starts attributing the daily horrors of their lives to a mythical figure.
2: The legend first appeared in 1890. He was attacked, mutilated, and burned to death. Poor Candyman.
0: Helen, a woman died in there. Leave it.
2: Everyone knows he isn't real. That's modern oral folklore. Everyone. Except Helen
1: Lyle.
4: Renekt. He's safe around here. Yeah. I don't scare too easy. do want to know about Ruthie Jane? They ain't never gonna catch him. Who? Candyman.
1: <laughs> Who is that? I came
3: for you. Do I know you? Now, she is about to discover. Tell
1: Good <laughs> on!
3: the mystery I'm sick. what's behind the legend
1: listen he's under the bed and most terrifying of all come with me what's behind the mirror
3: he's here candyman you don't have to believe just beware
4: So that was Candyman are you still there Courtney
0: I am still here
4: I didn't know if you had gotten uh, stuck by the hook (laughs) or something Candyman gave a lot of us a lot of like this that clip of Candyman showed up you know it's Halloween time it showed up on Facebook and people were still terrified I'm still terrified I'm about to take this off my computer because I don't want it jumping out the computer and getting me jeez (laughs) So, the next one is, Courtney, the one that you said is your favorite. So, you should have seen this one. So, it is the Eddie Murphy film, Vampire in Brooklyn. Courtney, why do you love, if you don't like, if you don't like horror films, why do you like Vampire in Brooklyn? I never said that. Well, which one? Was it you or Willis? One of you guys said that y'all like Vampire in Brooklyn.
0: It has to be Brittany, because I've only seen it, like, maybe i know because you haven't been eating with a fork like a human
4: oh that's not nice please don't do him like that well
0: well you're gonna be sitting here for a minute because i'm not done
4: well, okay. Well, since Courtney says it wasn't her favorite, it must have been B. Maybe it was B. Willis's I've favorite black horror film. Maybe that's what it don't was. B. Willis probably it. said it was her favorite you black don't horror, horror don't film. So like Vampire that. in Brooklyn was a 1995 that's comedy that. horror starring Eddie Murphy, Angela Bassett, and Kadeem Hardison. Um, it is, It is about an abandoned ship that docks in Brooklyn and the inspector finds it full of courses. Elsewhere, Julius Jones, Silas' nephew, has a run-in with some Italian mobsters. Just as they are about to kill Julius, Maximilian, a vampire who arrived on the ship, intervenes and kills them. Maximilian infects Julius with his vampiric blood and usually if you've ever seen a vampire movie the first person who you infect basically becomes your slave. In this case Julius becomes uh, becomes Maximilian's driver. But it's also about his humorous pursuit of Angela Bassett's character as well. And here is what most people consider to be the most hilarious scene. It's where basically um, he's gotten Angela Bassett to question herself, so she goes to the church looking for some help, but not knowing that Maximilian can actually take the form of different people cause he's a vampire. And this is what happens when he takes the the, the body of Angela's favorite preacher.
3: Great. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, you like figure out what she's into and then flip it and fuck her head up with it. Oh <laughs> eh? you know, I'm out of speaking, yes but church she had to go to a church hey man my pops always say quickest way to a woman's heart church it's actually through the ribcage but that's a bit messy no julius there are much more interesting ways to her heart through her fears for instance or through her faith excuse me are you people saying
2: Preacher Polly.
3: Yes, I'm Preacher Polly, and if you've been misbehaving, Preacher Polly's here for singing. Well. I think that I'm beyond saving. Oh yes, I just want to catch Preacher before
0: he goes in. It's it's still part of
3: Preacher Polly. preacher. I'm Preacher Polly. Preacher Polly. Yes, how are you tonight? Read, reader. Read, reader, how are you tonight, Yes, night? yes. I, I've been tossing about this, this case that I'm working on. Oh, well, you tossing? Right. I've been having these these really strange feelings. Strange feelings, you tossing?
0: Yes, and I just felt that I needed to talk to someone that I could trust.
3: Oh, yeah, did you come to the right place? Come on down to sit. Now, you're tossing and you're having strange feelings, and you're tossing.
0: and and then i heard the voices
3: voices your voices. yes like Mm -hmm.
0: they were inside my head
3: voices in your head you've been hearing
0: really i mean does this make sense is any of this possible
3: well sister you'd be surprised to think that's possible
0: well i guess i'm just afraid of ending up like my mother you know afraid i might be losing my mind you're
3: afraid you're going crazy that's good well, I mean, it's good, you know, to get that out. You can't leave that inside you. If you feel that you're going crazy, tear people. You got to let it out. What oh. you need is an outlet.
0: Well, actually, I I, I get it out in my paintings.
3: Oh, you paint? Yes. Well, that's interesting. Good to paint. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, when I was young, I used to paint Oh, nature. Preacher Paulie, Preacher oh. Paulie, come on now. Everybody's waiting. Well, oh, I don't know what right oh, now oh, go is go ahead, good... Preacher. Go well, ahead. But right now, I'm talking to the young man. Yeah, girl. the Lord waits for no one. Well, now, come know, on, Lord. get your buddy well, here. Well, right I, now is not a good time. Uh, what did he say? God damn anybody who doesn't glorify in his work. It's a hell of a night outside. Come on, let's do the sermon on the lawn. Come on, sister. God damn. Shit. Excuse me. Oh, I want to be in that number. Can we bring it down just a little bit, please? Can we bring it down just a little, bit, Brothers and sisters, please quiet now Thank you. Brothers and sisters, we come here time after time and we talk about the same old, same old. Yeah, quiet. we talk about Jesus. Yes. Yes. That's right. Jesus. Jesus said and Jesus went. Oh yes. Jesus heard and Jesus walked over. Oh yes. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Well, I don't want to talk about Jesus this evening. Because that the big man teaches us, it's two sides. Every story not one but two a story is not one-sided a story has a duality there's two sides to every story Mm -hmm. what brings to mind the phrase necessary evil now I know many of you may hear the phrase necessary evil and you said to yourself that don't even make no sense to me can't be no such thing as necessary how's evil necessary that don't match that's plans and stripes evil and necessary you see because without Bad. There is no good. Without light, there is no dark. You need both these things. You know what I'm saying? If every day is a sunny day, well, then what's a sunny day? Well, the bottom line, brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to tell you tonight is that evil is necessary. Evil is necessary, thereby, if it's necessary, evil. Yeah. must be good. Eva is good. Oh,
1: yeah.
3: That's what I think. It must, be. Eva must, it must be. be good. Let me hear y'all say it. Evil, Evil is good. That's right. Evil is good. Take Brother Brown's answer. One of our strongest people. Tell us the get Brother Brown Just was very with Bush and the last <laughs> night with a $2.00. <laughs> this, 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 this is the realness that we need in the pulpit. Now that's evil. When you tell your wife, I'm gonna go see mama, then you go down on Bush Gavin and get you a $2 hole. That's evil. But Brother Brown had a good time with that $2 hole. You can push a $2 hole to the line, she so don't have no limits. Evil and good, they walk hand in hand. Evil is as evil does. Rita, hey, I thought I'd find you here. What are you doing here? The captain wants us to check something out. She got some info on those two steps in the dumpster. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Remember Nikki? You fucked her, didn't you? We got us another one. Fuck you. Oh, you know damn well who. Nikki. You know damn well who. What? Nikki. The whole Babylon. That's what you were. The, the whole Babylon. I mean, I never touched that girl.
0: Oh, yeah? Then you should change your shirts more often. That's a lipstick on your collar.
3: Lipstick on a collar? What kind of man are you? It's a shame and a shock. It really shop. It didn't happen like that. That's right. Tell it didn't happen that way. Don't be ashamed of yourself, boy. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Don't be ashamed because you went out and got your little ass. Look okay. out. Ass is good. <laughs> I know many of y'all may be saying, how uh, the police did say ass is good. How y'all think y'all got here? If it wasn't for ass, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> Ass is good. Right. Evil is good, and
4: ass is good. Uh-huh. And if you get your piece of evil ass, woo! Evil ass is good. So interesting notes about Vampire in Brooklyn. Um, and I was not able to find how much the budget was, but it did gross $19.8 million at the box office. Um, as with most black films that is not white-centered, um, it was considered at first a bomb but became a cult classic of course through VHS and cable so it does actually have I was looking for the fresh rating I thought I saw the fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes but I do not have it but the cinema score the cinema score gave it a b plus um on an a to f scale so even though it was initially panned it it does stand up through the test of time as one of the great black horror films but interestingly enough it was directed by Wes Craven, the creator of Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream and other in- incredible horror films um, that I know of. It is the only <laughs> black centered film that Wes Craven directed. I didn't know that until I got ready to prepare for the show. So that's an interesting, an interesting tidbit. Yeah. All right. So we got two more. Can you hang through two more, Courtney? Can you do with two I'm more fine. scary films? I'm fine. I'm fine. Right, you sound like my dad. I am fine. Okay, we're gonna see because we're going on to now. My favorite, my favorite horror film that I did not queue up, so I'm not gonna have any clips from it. But my favorite horror film is The Shining, Stephen King's The Shining. Really, all of his 70s films I love and their books as well. So I love The Shining, I love Carrie. And I love, actually, Misery was in the 80s or the 90s. And I love Firestarter. So those are three of my favorite, my only my, actually, the only three horror books I've ever read. And they're both they're all amazing. And I love all of them. But The Shining is my favorite horror film. Um, and, you know, of course, that has so much trivia that I won't even go into that here. You know, starting with the fact that Stephen King does not like The Shining. He hated The Shining. He did his own version in 1997. And that version sucked booty ass. They should never, ever, ever let a novelist direct their own film or their own book. Because they're going to put on all the shit that you just can't put in film. Stanley Kubrick made an amazing film. Even though some of the shit that he did to get that film was scrupulous. He terrorized poor Shelley Long on the, the set. So all that screaming and stuff that you see in The Shining, that was based on her being terrorized on the set. And people wouldn't talk to her and all that kind of stuff. One day, maybe we'll get together with the Say Something Nice Guys and we'll do a whole show... About the trivia around The Shining. But that's my favorite. But B. Willis did leave her favorite overall not black film. I'm assuming that Vampire in Brooklyn is her favorite black horror film. Which means that her favorite horror film is the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street is one of my favorite horror um, franchises as well. Um, That's really one of the main ones that I hate. And why pray tell, may may I ask? Because it's like, how you even fight? So it's like, what you tell me is
0: I can't go to fucking sleep or I'm Nah die. nigga, you can't go
4: to sleep. No.
0: And then it's like if you gotta you gotta fall asleep and then bring him out of the dream and then
4: what kind? Of <laughs> shit? No. So that means you've seen it. Like
0: if it's like you awake and it's a killer, you can kill the killer, but the killer comes to kill
4: you while you sleep and you thinking you just in a dream and then hear his ass pop up and fa there's no cat 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 cat, cat, cat oh. only slash, slash, slash. well it started with slashing but there's a lot of interesting things about this first one i'm gonna play the clip and then because like i said even though b willis is her favorite overall my favorite all is different but it is my favorite franchise and i know a lot of the trivia and information about especially that first one so let me just go ahead and first go into the clip and then we'll talk a little bit more about it so this is towards the end of the original 1984. Nightmare. going mama? This is when he came out the dream and he going and get her mama girl. And she come in, he on top of the mama. He his oh God, he the mama been Dad. drunk the whole movie. I mean, she was drunk the whole movie.
1: I know you too well now, Freddy. No. You die. It's too late, Kruger. I know the secret now. This is just a dream. You're not alive. This whole thing is just a dream. I want my mother and friend again. I take back every bit of energy I gave you.
4: you she like said she done been to somebody's church. About I ta- I'm taking back everything you stole from me. you You're shit. <laughs> So that was just a little bit from the original 1984 Nightmare on Elm Street. Um so just some information about the 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 Elm Street series. Um the original um West Craven film with an estimated budget of 1.8 million. The film was released in on November 9th of 1984 where it grossed over 25 million in the, at the US box office and was met with rave reviews. The film is credited with carrying on many tropes found in low-budget horror films, um, which becomes a standard for Wes Craven because he makes fun of himself a lot in his films. So he actually did the first Nightmare in '84. He left the franchise for Nightmare Two when Nightmare Two went on to be its its one of the worst installments of the franchise it was like freddie's back or something like that and it's sitting around this 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 kid who was like ostracized and stuff and then it had all these homo erotic tone it was really weird um but some of the more notable scenes in nightmare one was the spinning scene? So there's a scene where a girl is killed, where she can't see Freddy, and he kills her up on the walls, up on the ceiling, and all that kind of stuff. That scene, interestingly enough, was filmed in a, a spinning room that was created back in the '50s and was used in the film Singing in the Rain. It was used in '84 for Nightmare on Elm Street. It was used again in '84 for the movie Breaking into Electric Boogaloo. Now, do you do, do you like that film, Courtney?
0: Never heard of no weird shit like that,
4: but go ahead. Wait a minute. Hold on. You ain't never heard of breaking?
0: Breaking what?
4: Breaking. Like breaking, like popping. Like you ain't never heard of the movie Breaking with Turbo and Ozone and and break dancing and stuff. Carolyn, you
0: want me to have seen a movie about dancing, which I cannot, that was made three whole years before I was born. But it's
4: breaking. No. I, listeners, I'm in shock right now. I don't even know what to to say to that point. Um, yeah. So anyway, so that was one of the more iconic scenes. And <laughs> look, I'm shocked. In Elm Street 1, also in on Elm Street 1, that was the, the introduction of the world of Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp actually dies in Elm Street 1 when he's sucked into a bed and has his inside spit out. Still can't figure out how that happens in a dream. And then his mama come in the room and see his insides all on top of the ceiling. That was one of the things that you never could really understand about um, Elm Street. Is that shit would happen in a dream. And then you come back like, how the fuck that happened? And nobody ever explains. And Like how you go to sleep and you you talk to your son one minute. And the next minute his, uh, his insides is up on the ceiling. Nobody ever knew. But Craven left the series for number two. Um, and he didn't return. I don't remember which one he returned. He wasn't there for three, which was my introduction to, um, to the Elm Street series. Let's see. And I'm trying to see if we have the, the most iconic clip from Elm Street three, but it looks like we do not have it. So, oh yeah, we may have it. Hold please. and see if we, can get, if we can get it
3: up. For all the night, we're defending the championship, you know. Maybe we'll come by later. don't no. suppose anybody would like some desserts before they
1: leave. No, thank you. No, very good. Thank you. Hey,
3: Helen. Hmm? Have you, uh the way things are? Years ago. Years? What do I want to see an old barn for?
1: Come on, It's <sighs> broke. It broke.
3: It <sighs> broke. You
1: like He's back, don't you?
2: To ask you but how many of what did they have to kill don't they... say
3: that because I'm a, i love animals and i have three animal shelters i bought it only red with black in it so i didn't know what it oh, was
2: probably from an artificial bird <laughs> did you ever go to any kind of acting school
3: not in the beginning I, I started on a talk show you know but when a young
2: actress says how do you succeed in this business you don't study. always say you have to study i think you should study deaf
1: study work and then maybe you can make it
3: can i ask you something certainly
4: who in that fuck what you think? Ah! I, can't, I can't listen to that song. It's the, the, the girl singing that L.C. song, I can't, that's too much. yeah that became (laughs) an iconic scene um craven came for the first installment he left for the second he came back to write the third but he did not direct the third he did not come back to actually direct until 2000 and i'm sorry 1994 is Wes craven's new nightmare during the run of the series freddie towards the end became a little bit more of a joke even towards the the last one, um, in ninety one, Freddy's Dead. It's more about joking and him laughing than anything, because by that time he had kind of become beloved, which is kind of weird, but American culture does that. It can make something scary like Freddy Krueger beloved. Um, so yeah, that's B. Willis's favorite. What? So wait, Wes Craven is her favorite, or no? Nightmare on Elm Street. I did. She didn't say if the series or the the first film was her favorite. The series is one of my favorite series franchises but I know one of them is her favorite. She did say one of them is her favorite. I don't know either the series or the first one. The first one is the best one. They remade it. I forgot what year that they remade it. It was terrible. They remade it It with CGI and a good documentary to watch for people who love documentaries and who love to see behind the scenes. There is a documentary called, I think it's called Life on Elm Street or something like that, where they document the whole series from 84 until 2003's Freddy vs. Jason. They document all of the behind the scenes, how each kill, how all the special effects. Because, you know, back in the 80s, they actually had special effects men who did special effects. So it chronicles the whole thing. And it's actually a really amazing documentary. I highly suggest it to anyone who is a fan of the genre. Before we get out of there, we do want to give a head a head nod to Tales from the Hood, which is also one of the most iconic black horror films. Um, the sequel, Tales from the Hood 2, is currently on Netflix. It's not real good, y'all. Let me tell you the truth. The stories are very interesting because it's all about, you know, it's all about um, relationships between black folks and white folks, and it, it tackles different things as far as, you know, Uncle Tom selling out the, the community you know, to get ahead and, and conservative black folks, um, it does tackle into intimate relationships, both social and re- and um, romantic between black folks and white folks. It's just that the t- some of the stories are just very poorly put together, as you can expect a film that's straight to Netflix to be. But one of the most iconic parts of the original, the original is amazing. Everyone should go see the original Tales from the Hood. But one thing that everybody always remembers is the tagline, the shit. The shit was an important part, for whatever reason, of Tales from the Hood.
0: I ain't with this shit. Dead people's shit, all right? Shit, man. We're doing this shit because this shit's business. Now, as soon as we get the shit. Watch y'all back, and shit. Dude. Yeah, I got my shit. It's like killing some shit twice, man. To refried beans. Buy that shit right the first time. Shit. It's dead
3: people's Shit. Now where's the shit? The shit? The shit. The shit that you found. I found a whole stock of them in the alley. Whoa, 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 whoa. You get it when we get the shit. The shit. (laughs) The shit. Drugs. You get the drugs, then I get the money. Kill that noise, man. Let's just get the shit. You'll get the shit. You'll be knee
2: deep
0: in the shit. Insane in the membrane type of shit. What shit he talking about, man? Man, what type of shit? Can we just get our shit and go?
3: Man, you for real? Yes! This is bullshit. Let's get this shit over with. Let's see how real this shit is you got. All the shit. Yeah. Shit. He got himself involved. Bullshit. What? What? Wasn't funny. Cops is some shit. Shit. Let's just get the shit first. Shit. How are we gonna get the shit? Ooh, we gonna get the shit now. Yeah. Do do the booby pop. We gonna get the shit. Oh, you the shit. Ain't this some shit? Crazy. Ooh,
4: shit. Huh? So that was the iconic the shit in Tales from the Hood. So those are our favorite black horror films and one of our favorite non-black horror films. Something else very important. We at the C-Dub show do not advocate giving folks candy corn for Halloween. Candy corn is the nastiest fucking candy in the world. And I personally believe that it's made out of witches' toenails. Stop giving that shit to people. Fuck candy corn. Yeah, I'm gonna make that a hashtag. Fuck candy corn. So before we go, we want to definitely dedicate this to um, a good friend of the show who passed away. Um, actually, a couple of good friends who passed away. Um, and we just want to wish them well on their journeys and give prayers to their families. That's who we're going to dedicate today's show to. So that is the end of the C-Dub show. Black Halloween episode. Remember, you can find the C Dub Show across all social media platforms at The C Dub Show. Um, you can also email us at The C Dub Show at gmail.com. You can find us at The C And you can find all shows on the Say Something Nice Network on SSNpodcast.com. Remember to listen, share, support, and then share again. And rate. Don't forget to rate. Please go back also, check out some of our most recent episodes of The Six Degrees of C-Dub. We had a very special episode with acclaimed cultural and political writer Kevin Powell that we are very proud of. So go back to the webpage or go back to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher or Spreaker, wherever you're listening to this at and listen to that because we definitely want to hear what you think about it. All right. So that is the last or the end of our Black Halloween episode of The C-Dub Show. We will see all y'all good folks later. Bye, everybody.
1: See Dub Show.